Welcome to Mondo and Friends presented by Verizon. My name is Mondo Fresco and today, man, we have, we're so lucky to have him in studio here. Actor, writer, comedian, musician, legend. I'm going to call it's you that very today. nice of you. Very kind Fred of you. Thank Armisen. You. Fred, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. Really happy Thanks to have you here. Words. That's very sweet. We're all we're all fans of of your work. Thank you. Thanks. And uh, we're excited to to hear your your journey and get to know you a little better. Sure. Uh, here today. So, you know, I know we we've been talking about uh, you know, a little bit about you off camera. So, I want to go into the the beginning where it all started. Now, I know Initially, like comedy, uh, you never thought of, of, of being on SNL and initially, right? That wasn't like yeah. a goal that you set for yourself. Now, before any of that uh, took place, what do you rem remember was like your first step into wanting to be in entertainment music? Potentially, it was music. I, I um, took drum lessons and I, I just wanted to be a drummer. I thought. For the rest of my life, this is what I'm going to do. I'm just going to play drums, and I'll be in a, a big famous band. And um, and a lot of my inspiration was from music. So, um, yeah, I just asked my parents for a drum kit. And um, but I always always knew I wanted to be in entertainment. I always knew whatever it was. Um, in fact, a lot of the drummers who I liked were very theatrical. So they, uh, I already had a sense that I didn't want to just be a, a drummer. In the background, I wanted to be someone who w was entertaining, mm. like um, Keith Moon or Alan Myers or Clem Burke. Uh, and I just thought, oh, maybe somewhere in there, there's like a, a world for me. I love that. I love that. Yeah. So at what point or uh, what age did you start playing the drums? I must have been 11 or something. I just took drum lessons in elementary school and then it kept growing. So I would take drums, you know in this class, but then I got a private teacher to come to my house and teach me drum kit. And uh, I just was always drawn to the drums, always drawn to them. I still am. If I see, you know, if I'm walking through like a, a city square somewhere and there's like a daytime band playing, yeah. you know, like, you know, celebrating a hundred years. And then, but when I see the drum set, my eyes just go to it. Yeah. I'm just like, Oh, what, what kind of kid is that? I wonder who the drummer is. And, Everyone sets it up differently. And, right. Um, and, and same with big shows. If I go to a concert, you know, you know, when you sit down and you're just like checking everything out, when you see that drum kit in the middle, you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. You know, there's an excitement. Yeah. That, you know, uh, just the, the just the setup of it is exciting. And you play different instruments, right? Yeah, I play guitar and bass. Yeah. But that's like a secondary thing. OK. I'm, I'm primarily a drummer, but. I, I like playing guitar and bass, but drums are my first instrument. You ever start DJing? No, I don't know how to do it. <laughs> I think I you have it in you. I um, I love when DJs are good at at it. Yeah. So, it's like painting. Like uh, I like paintings and I like hearing a DJ, but I'm like, oh, that's not for me. Like <laughs> that's what they do. They do it well, yeah. and I like it when they can do it really well. And so then I just get to enjoy it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I uh I want to look uh I want to talk about I heard this story um that you didn't go about uh auditioning for for SNL um the I guess tra traditional way then um you had a, a tape right 
um, of yourself that one of your 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 agent, your manager sent over to to someone over at, uh, at SNL. Um, can can you share that with us? Well, some of it's kind of traditional and some of it isn't. What's not traditional is that I didn't come from improv comedy or anything like that. I came from music and also doing uh, some stand-up as different characters. Mm. And then over the years, I, I was in a, a pilot for a sketch show. And then I had enough video of me doing characters that my manager sent it to SNL, to Marcy Klein there, and she showed Lauren Michaels. So in strangely, as much as I like to think it was, it was not the regular route, it kind of was in that it was my representation you sent it to them. Yeah, yeah. And so then you, you get a call, right? They, they like your, your, your tape. You get a call. Yeah. And uh, I, I love this story because you labeled that, yeah. that phone number. You labeled it something on, on, on your phone under? Uh, best call ever. Best call yeah. ever. And why was that your, your, your best call ever? Well, the, the call was, and this is many cell phones ago, um, but it was from NBC. And I had already auditioned and I went to this dinner and I, uh, I just remember I got this call, you know? So I was like, I'm going to go, you know, take this. And they were like, Hey, I think we're going to, I think the words were like, I think we're going to work this out. Meaning like they we're going to hire you. Yeah. And I was like, how do I save this number? And in, in the moment I thought best call ever but I still think of it as the best call ever. I still consider it like that as when I knew my life was going to change and then it did change immediately yeah. because I grew up on Saturday Night Live. Like right. even coming from music, all my favorite bands were on there. I got exposed to a lot of music there. And then I've always watched the show and my mom always watched the show. So we had a tradition of SNL in my house and I've, I have never not watched SNL. Every cast, every time it changed over, I knew the cast, I knew their characters, and I, I never stopped watching SNL. And even now, I always watch SNL. Always, always. I love it. What season did you start? Well, at the end of the original cast, like 1979 or 1980, I think they would do reruns of like compilations but like 79 i remember watching steve martin and the b50 uh and blondie and then i remember when the b52s were on yeah wow and me and my sister like freaked out and i remember when blondie was on i remember when the specials were on and um and then the next cast was that brand new cast with eddie murphy and joe piscopo and in like my early years of junior high school that's who i watched that cast um, and then I just kept continuing on. So that original cast, I was in sixth grade, Dan Aykroyd, Lorraine Newman, all, all those, you know, Bill Murray, that was, I totally watched them. So even when I meet those people now, in my ear, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm hearing that same voice. Wow. It's still, you know, it's still them. So yeah. But then like, I would say that like, early 80s there was those casts and then I just kept going I never stopped and then when you st when you first uh, go in I know you were, who was who was part of your that initial cast with you do you mean uh when, when you when you start on on SNL yeah yeah um you were there 
what other 2000, cast, 2002. Cast? So the only new cast members was me and Will Forte. Oh. We, we, we came in together. And then that cast was Tina Fey, yep. Amy Poehler, yep. Rachel Dratch, Jimmy Fallon, um, uh, uh, Daryl Hammond was even there. Like, it was a really great cast, and they were so nice to me. But they were starting to end. All those people were sort of like, they were starting to get new cast members. Graduate. Things are graduate. Yeah. yeah, they started to turn over. But um, yeah, Chris Kattan, Horatio Sands, uh, just a bunch of like, who else was there? Uh, oh, Tracy Morgan. Oh, wow. I, and he was great. Maya Rudolph. Um, and yeah, it was, they were really, really kind to me. And then, uh, then we got Andy Samberg and Bill Hader, Kristen Wiig, like that, Jason Sudeikis, the cast started to change. Now, what do you think it is about, about that, that show in, in particular, especially like everyone you, you just named, um, that generation of, of, of cast members that you had, what do you think it was about that generation and, uh, and that show in particular, SNL, that s- makes people's careers skyrocket? Well, I think it's like um, a sort of uh, the sort of weekly connection to what's going on in the times. Uh, and it's live. So everyone who's on it has like a brain to take what's ever out there in the news and to turn it into like present tense. Something about that just... I think makes those cast members like an active part of uh, current events. So, and who knows what, who knows why I wish I knew the formula, but uh, it is Lauren Michaels who just picks these people and says, well, this person has talent and somewhere in there he's, you know, it turns out he's right. And do you have uh, favorite skits in particular that, that you're like, uh, and it changes. Yeah. Cause sometimes I'll just blurt out, you know, this is my favorite sketch. But then when I think about it, it'll just change from day to day. I'll think, well, actually. So I remember we did, um, Bill Hader had a sketch called The Vincent Price Show. And he played Vincent Price. And I played Liberace. And somewhere in there, I just really enjoyed it. Because we all had little parts that we did. And it was fun and theatrical and crazy and weird. And... I really like that. And then I like doing Garth and Cat with Kristen Wiig where we make up songs. And um, (laughs) uh, I liked, uh, there's this one that we did uh, uh, as the Wizard of Oz, what was different different characters. And then uh, sometimes I would do the Queen. Yes. Yeah. Something in there like always felt like, I remember as I was doing it, I was like, wow, I'm really on a sketch show. This really feels (laughs) like, you know, like a classic TV sketch show. Yeah. You did the, the Californians as well? I, I love doing the Californians. Oh, man. Yeah. That's probably my favorite sketch. Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> that was all based on um, our experiences when we came to L.A. Because yeah. it really was like that. People yeah. would talk about directions all the time. And that was in my last couple of years at SNL. And I had an idea of doing something about directions. And then this writer, James Anderson, was like, well, let's just make it a soap opera to you yeah. know, tidy it up. Yeah. Oh, man. If you guys haven't seen that that sketch, please, you know, YouTube it. It's 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 such a and I'm from California. Right. Um, and it, it, it just 
it just gets me every time, man. Every and I, I literally YouTube stuff um, just to watch you guys do your thing. It was um, fun, and it really is like that. I still to this day talk that way about <laughs> you know taking the four hundred five to the five or whatever. I mean, it just that's how it is. Yeah. Now I want to talk about your 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 background. A lot of people. Um, may not know that that you uh, your mom is is from Venezuela. You're you're a fellow Latino, very proud one. Um, and I also know that in recent times you have been, I guess, more um, uh, just waving that 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 flag of of Latinidad, right? Um, with with your the shows that you're a part of, and um, how. Was it being a, a Latino on on SNL? How was it, how is it being a Latino in in entertainment and and uh, what does that mean for you? Well, the first character I ever did on Saturday Night Live was uh, Felicito, and it's a a character based on Tito Puente, who plays the Timbales. <laughs> so um, it was, you know, back then. I just did it and played the timbales and did, did my thing. But uh, I didn't realize that it had some symbolism to it, that it's all the things that I love put together. Yeah. Like, what is, the, what is the greatest musical instrument? It's the timbales. There's no discussion about it. It's the coolest instrument. What's the best instrument is drums. What are the best drums? It's timbales. And... Um, to see Tito Puente, I saw him a bunch of times. Wow. And he was he would joke around and he would play and he was amazing. And so that way in is like now I see the sort of back I was just goofing around then and now I'm like, I'm so glad that Timbali's got to be played on SNL. Um and I feel like there's not enough Timbali's in general. There's <laughs> Sheila E and you do see it in some salsa bands. Yeah. But Sheila was the last person to have like hit music while she's playing timbales. And I'm like, where's the, where's the new, you know, where are more? There should be like, um, but she's a genius. I think the Escovedo family should get like a presidential medal of freedom. They should like, what a family. Yeah. Because, because they're also very truly American. Right. You know, they're right. raised in California and I don't know. I'm just like, Sheila E, well, you gotta, we have to get a medal for her. Right. We gotta get a medal together. Anyway, um, but it was fun coming, coming up with that character. We did a bunch of sketches that we would speak Spanish in and stuff. And um, it's fun. It's like a, it's just an extension where some people can use a, a different extension with impressions and stuff. It was like something that we could um, utilize. And then with these other shows, that's just a matter of time. Like I, you know, it took a, t a long time to sort of get it together to be able to do Los Spookies. Or, yep. Congrats, and, and, by the way. Oh, thanks. It was a real blast. And um, I remember when I was in a band, when I was in Trenchmouth, we did one song called Sordo Ciego. That was all in Spanish. It's just like, I just feel like it's just Spanish is everywhere. So it's just, I don't know, it's an easy... Uh, paintbrush to pick up yeah yeah you know? i feel like when people saw you or, or see you in, in in doing your craft uh, i think initially they 
you were just like racially ambigu- ambiguous, right? Like they didn't, yeah. we're, we don't, we're not really sure. And I think you played that so well too. Yeah. Thanks. And obviously with all your impressions that, that you do and, and accents that, that you, that you're capable of, um, I think that also, um, uh, added to, to that, like, we don't, we don't know where, where, <laughs> where Fred is, is from, but he's, and, and I'm sure that also opened up, um, your, yourself to, to many characters, right? Just being able to. Yeah. I, I, I just wonder if that's, you know, maybe that's happening more as the world changes and I don't know, people travel more or something, yeah. but, um, uh, my dad's, uh, half German and, half Japanese, but then we discovered it's actually half Korean. So, uh, that all that mixture of, you know, yeah. it's uh, even if, though it sounds like a, it, though, although it is a cliche that, uh, America is a melting pot. That's just how my family turned out to be. So it's really fortunate. And I'm very thankful to my mom. You know, when you grew up in America, you just want to be like all the other kids. I grew up on Long Island, New York. And so like, I just wanted to be, you know, just sort of like American. Right. But my mom taught me Spanish and her, and I'm so thankful. And now I tell her, I'm like, thank you so much for teaching me. Cause there, she could have not, mm-hmm. she could have been like, no, we're here. Let's just, yep, which happens often. Totally. Yeah. And it happened to immigrants in, you know, the early part of the, I guess the last century, but, um, same kind of thing. But somehow my mom was like, we're going to speak Spanish and I'm so thankful to her for that. Yeah. You know, I, um, started my career in radio and I got my, my first shot because, um, I, I spoke Spanish in my audition. And at the time, at the time, the radio station that I auditioned for, uh, they were rivaling, um, against, a a, a, a reggaeton Spanish station. So mm-hmm. the station that I auditioned for was a hip hop station, full English, um, hip hop station, but I decided to just because everyone was you know going up there, and I'm like, you know what, I'm I'm gonna use some Spanish in there, and and I and I threw some Spanish in there, and <laughs> by the way, when I after audition, I thought I did horrible. I'm like, oh, I'm driving home, and I'm like so bummed out, right? And then the next day, I get a call back. They're like, hey, Mondo, um, uh, we like to to have you be a part of uh, of Power 106. Um, and the guy told me, um, you know, the fact that you, you threw in some Spanish in there really made you stand out. So like, I think about, and when I, the reason I also started, uh, hosting for MTV was because, or got myself in there was because I, I sprinkled a little bit of Spanish in there. And I always think if I hadn't, who knows what, what would have been in my career, but like, I, I got these opportunities because I could speak Spanish. So it's just like yourself. I was very grateful that my, that my parents, I mean, they had no choice. They only spoke Spanish. So that's how I, but still they could have been like, <laughs> they could have said like, well, you know, we're not teaching you or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you save that call as best call ever? I, I, I saved it as uh, mm. best call ever, ever. Oh man. I wanted, I, I knew you, yours was ever. So I wanted to switch it up, you know, Yeah, you got to, you have to, just yeah. to update it. But that's really cool. I, I wonder if, like, um, when you spoke Spanish, I wonder if that also relaxed you. So maybe it's it's like that you spoke it, but then also that like sometimes you speak another language, you sort of go into like a trance of being of of that you know, yeah. That uh, it's like a different part of your brain. So I wonder if then when they were watching you, all of a sudden you could like 
that you were like relaxed in that moment and into right. I'm just wondering, I'm just guessing that that might have been a part of it too. Yeah, and, and maybe because it was it was my it was a language that my family spoke at home. You know, maybe there's yeah. that there's that soothing yeah. that just happens naturally. It just it's it's sometimes when I see interviews, if anyone's being interviewed in a car, the interview is great because their mind is like a little Looking relaxed. So yeah, so I wonder if I'm, I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm breaking it down too much, but congratulations! I'm glad you got that job. Yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you. I I, I want to uh, touch base on on the fact that you have been in the industry for obviously many years and have done films and TV shows and series uh, in recent time, uh, recent months. Wednesday has taken off. Yeah, and I know as as you're walking in our studio today, you, you were. You were saying how not surprised, but I guess happily surprised, right? You yeah, were of because you of, never know, you never never know, um, and it was a nice surprise. I'm yeah. so glad about it, and not just because like it's not that like the quality of something, you know, the, the measure of it is like as long as it's popular, it's but it's something to celebrate. If something like if a lot of people saw something and brought people happiness, then I'm like, great, you should be able to celebrate it and have fun with it. Um, and it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a cool show. Yeah. So that, that's the other thing where I'm not like, oh, what is this thing? You know, I'm like, oh no, if it's Tim Burton, you know, did that, uh, uh, opportunity come to you as, Hey, we like to have you play uncle Fester or yeah. Just like, yeah. Wow. And I remember my schedule was a little crazy and it was very like, uh, well, we got to work out these other schedules. But I remember saying, "No, if it's Uncle Fester, we will work it out. We're gonna, we're gonna find a way to be there." And I remember there was a couple of phone conversations, just legal ones, of like, "Well, we don't know if we can get you out in time, and this and that." And I was like, well, "We, we, we being me, you know, I'm going to be there just because I want to. Yeah, it's so fun." So we just made it work, yeah. Yeah. What, what was um, your initial thought being on on set? The the set looked like Tim Burton set, like yeah. gothic and like you know, just like just like he looks. Yeah. So I was like, oh yeah, this is totally a Tim Burton show. You know, big spires and glass and stuff, and my costume was like long and with this big collar and. Uh, Oh God, I loved it. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. I felt very lucky to be asked to do it. Have you worked with Tim Burton prior? Never. No, never. I was like a fan. I, you know, I actually thought of him as something I'd never meet. I was like, I don't, I don't know if I'll ever meet him, but he's the best, you know. And he's a, and he's a character. He's he, a total character. Yeah, he, he, lo- he, he, he's what you would think Tim Burton looks like. Yeah, and then he really looks like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, when he showed up, his hair, his is hair all, is crazy. You know, and, yeah, uh, yeah, he was great, and and that whole experience, boy, I loved it. I, I really did. I, I just getting to be Fester. That's like a long tradition of a character, and all I wanted to do was honor the character. Like I, I didn't want to put my spin on it. I wasn't like trying to reinvent who Fester was. I was like, I watched it when I was a kid. This is who Fester is. Oh, so you didn't even revisit like past versions of. Uncle oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, you did. I, I, I did, but not 
for me, I mean, I, I watched it and loved it. Everyone did, you know, Christopher Lloyd, uh, like that's incredible. But I just wanted to like, really just keep it traditional. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Meaning like, I just wanted to like, I lo- watched all of those just like it was like a, a dictionary. Like, okay, this is how it, how it is. Nice. So you're on, you're on set now. And, uh, you know, you had a few scenes with different of the main, of, of the main characters, right? Um, did you have someone that, that you enjoyed doing your scenes with just a little more? Well, it, I, most of my scenes were with Jenna. Yeah. And she's great. She's so talented and focused, but also she's a real leader. So this wasn't a person who was like, well, what do I do? She she was following the logic. And I remember there were some scenes where she was like, they're like, I don't know what the plot point is, but, uh, and, you know, don't forget that you turn this way. And then and then she would say once in a while, she'd go like, yeah, but my character doesn't know that yet. I don't find that out until later. So maybe it's little things like that. Wow. Where, by the way, this is stuff I never even keep track of. I'm always like, you know, I look at the script and I'm like, I'll, I'll just do my thing. But she really had like, a real encyclopedia in her head of um, uh, structure and the timeline. I suppose it was more important for her since she's in every episode, but still that was really shockingly impressive to like correct everybody. So no, I don't know that yet. Yeah. I was like, wow. You, uh, you talk about Jenna and obviously, um, you know, she's she's a Latina as well. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, Luis Guzman, which we had on the show as mm-hmm. well uh, here on Mondo and Friends, um, Puerto Rican, you know, it's just it's beautiful to see such a big show like well, that. Well, also Catherine Zeta-Jones, she's Welsh and Wales is a property of Venezuela. Venezuela. Oh, wow. Uh, no, I'm just making it. <laughs> <laughs> you had me going you had me going we should spread that as misinformation I, if we kept it going people would be like after a year they'd be like I heard it's part of Venezuela <laughs> wow that is that is hilarious <laughs> oh, he sold it so well <laughs> I was a That's really? a technicality. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I going back to what I was saying. It's it's uh it's just beautiful to see you know such a big show like that have the success that it's having, and 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 just seeing you know Latinos on on there shining. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. Yeah, and um, I mean. You know, going back, I mean, the original show, I mean, yeah. the the idea of it was sort of Gomez and who knows what their lineage was supposed to be. But I like that they leaned into that. That was very, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. And now you and, and, and Luis, you guys have known each other for a while, right? No, we met doing press for, the, for oh, Wednesday. Oh, really? But, I mean, I've just seen him so much that <laughs> it's really weird. I just feel like you know him. I bet he gets it all the time. Because he's so famous looking, like he looks like him, <laughs> yeah. that I bet you a lot of people are like, oh, I know that guy. Because I felt that way. I was like, oh, come on. Yeah. I could pal around with you. And, uh, but he's great. He's like, did you get to talk to him at all? Yeah. He's really great. He's like, uh, he's one of those people that is 
excited to be working. He's been in a billion movies yep. and he's still like, Oh, I'm very lucky. You know, he'll say like, I'm very, and, uh, that's pretty great. That is a, not a jaded person. He's like, listen, Papa, I'm very lucky, Papa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He really, I was like, you know, uh, very like, uh, surprised by that, but yeah, he's great. Yeah. You know, I, I love, I love, um, Luis because he's very humble. Um, as, as we're talking and, and you yourself are very humble. That's um, nice of you to say. What, what, uh, what do you think grounds you or has grounded you, you know, throughout, throughout your life and, and career? Well, just that like, when I say I was a musician, I mean to say that I spent many years playing the drums in front of nobody, packing up the van, had a great time, but toured the country, set up, nobody there, nobody there, just show after show. Sometimes we'd get a crowd, but, um, and I always feel like that was so short ago. I just feel like that was not, I don't think of it as, oh, all those years ago. And I'm like, no, I remember it. I remember it distinctly. And that's um, not to discredit that time in my life. I made some really good friends and I'm still close with my bandmates, but uh, it's just coming from nobody showing up that I'm like, I'm lucky. You know, I feel like Louise where I'm just like, I'm lucky to, to be working. Yeah. Well, you know, it's with, a crazy job. It's a crazy, like, can, can you imagine like watching uncle Fester on TV and in the movies? And then never was I like, that's going to be me. Right. You right. know, maybe in a sketch or something, but to even, you know, I, I'm amazed. I'm amazed that somewhere in that history and lineage of uncle Fester, there's me. And then, um, it's always surprising to me. What would you say is, is the difference between playing, let's say, an Uncle Fester on a sketch as opposed to on a series? Um, if it's in a sketch, uh, it doesn't have to be for very long. It's like really quick and I could just do like the sort of um, highlights, you know, just the, the sort of like a couple of taglines and then that's it. Whereas with uh, on the show, there's like, you know, you spend longer with them. So there's like all kinds of ups and downs that you can't cover in three minutes. How do you prep to be Uncle Fester? How do you prep mentally? Um, I, there was a line in the script where I mentioned someone's name. It was like Olga Malakova. And something about that word, it was like Olga Malakova. And I just kept repeating. So before I started, I was like, I'm just going to keep saying that word over and over. And it sort of got me into it just because I wanted to do a good job. I, I, I didn't want to not do anything. I didn't want to like show up and like, Hey, Oh, well, you know, this will work. I, I really want, I wanted to work hard at it. I shaved my head. Yeah. I heard. Yeah. I, I really like, I wanted to like, when I say, when I said earlier in this, that uh, I was going to show up, I also really wanted to be present and really be there as opposed to clocking in just, you know, I really wanted to do a good job. Yeah, you, you do you watch the, your scenes or did you watch the whole series? I watched my scenes when I had to do ADR. For those of you who don't know what ADR is, that's when you have to redo the sound so to, you know, because there's sound in the room. 
They use these things called microphones. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so uh, when I had to do those, I, I watched those scenes. And I remember it looked so complete because there's music and stuff. And uh, yeah, so I, I did, yes. Do you watch your 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 scenes or your shows every time? Um, not really. No? But not like, oh, I refuse to watch. Not like that. Yeah. Just like, you know... I understand what's supposed to happen. I'm like, okay, I get what's happening here. Like, so I kind of, you know, I'm not running to go watch myself on some of those sketches and stuff. So the only times I do is if someone brings something up that I forgot. So mm. someone will say like, do you remember this sketch? I'm like, what is that sketch that we did? And then I'll watch it. And I'm like, oh my God, I forgot about this one. There's a ton of those. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm curious as to. One, one time someone told me about a sketch of Will Forte's and like, did you ever see the sketch of Will Forte's? I'm like, no, I never saw that sketch. Then I watched it and I'm yeah. in it. <laughs> I, not only have I seen it, I was in it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious if, if you as, as an actor would watch to maybe learn or, or study your, your own delivery. Or oh, I, I I should do this differently. Or, oh, okay, I like yeah, that. That's a good point. That's a good question. Uh, yes, in that um, I learned somewhere along the way to um, not to not assume that just because I'm me that it's going to work and it's mm. going to be funny. So, um, and it, it, it was like a actually through a friend of mine was my friend of mine was pointing out someone in a movie from, from a while ago. And they, you could just tell they were just like, Hey, I'm so-and-so. And, and I was like, Oh, I don't ever want to be that. I mm. always want to like, there's nothing wrong with working at something to make it better. So that's what I've been trying to do. Like even after I was done with that SNL and stuff like this, there's a movie, a different movie I did for Netflix where I got an acting coach just for that one. Cause it, I just was like, I, I want to never ever get lazy about it. Yeah. I'm assuming it's, it's sort of like music where in order to, to, to be better and get better, you have to practice and practice and practice and, and, and constantly work on your craft. Right. I'm assuming yeah. it's, it's, it's the same with, with, with the, the craft of acting a little bit. Or maybe it's more like, I've been playing drums since I was a kid. So I'm pretty confident. I'm like, if I go up there and play, I, I think I can do it. But with acting, I haven't done it long enough. Mm. I didn't study it. So um, I just feel like it, for that, I should uh, uh, at least do a little something. Like, I, you know what it is? I don't think I'm the best actor in the world. I'm not like, I'm just, you know, filled with acting. I'm mostly filled with drumming. So yeah, that that's why I'm like, well, let me make up for lost time. Would you say drumming's more more like a mortar skill, or like riding a bike, right? Yes, because it's four limbs, and you're just sort of, or however many limbs you have. Or, but it it is like, just it is kind of like coordination, and and you know trying to do different timing and different notes on different you know drums and stuff. And acting is more, I guess, more more. Just mental. Uh, it's I am God. It's a million things. It's yeah, like, it's, yeah. Because it's, it's also like 
convincing. You have to convince the viewers that something is really happening. So if you check out, you know, the people can, I think can tell. Yeah. So you have to convince them that this, this thing is happening. I, I recently shot a, a commercial and uh, we, we produced and, 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 and shot a commercial. I'm in the commercial mm -hmm. and I can tell when I am out of the scene. Right. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it, it could be as, something as simple as, as losing eye contact or something. Right. Yeah. Or just one word. There'll be one word that you're like, eh. I just memorized that. And it just sounds like you could hear it. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's hard to get into that zone to be like, okay, this has to sound real. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I want to also tell you that um, one of the recent shows that, that we watched you in was This Fool. Yeah. Uh, we, and I say we because we're all fans of the show as well. Um, with Frankie Quinones and, and Chris Estrada. Yeah. Um, man, that that is one of my favorite the episode you're in that you're that you guest star in is one of my favorite episodes. And 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 I wanna be Frank. Well, I wanna be Mondo. <laughs> uh but I have to be honest with you because um it, I'm not just saying this to you because you're in front of me. It's something that you know I, I talk to with, with my friends and uh my team here about that that show in particular that episode in particular it just takes you through so many uh turns right yeah. i mean without giving it away too much if you haven't watched this full go watch it uh and then fred watch fred i don't know what at number of episode you're in 10 is it the second to the last one i think it's the second to the last one second to last episode but i don't want him to be wrong so let's just say the last one, just so he looks better. Right, right. Oh, I, I thought because he looks intimidating because... And that. You, and yeah. that. Yeah, both. <laughs> what, whatever he says, just it goes. give him a thumbs up. No, so... so Maybe what he means is that's the last one he watches. Like, I don't need, even need to watch anymore. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, Fred was so good, I'm no, done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he, he's, his name is Fred, so... You know, he's uh, always, you know, as friends stick together, we support each other. <laughs> yeah, he saw you. You know, I don't have to watch. When we watch Fred Flintstone, it's a different experience for us. <laughs> everyone's, just la everyone's just laughing at the cartoon and we're, we're like, no, that's Fred Flintstone. Yeah. Respect the man. He, he loves Fred. He walks in barefoot sometimes. <laughs> it's true. Now, talk to me about that, that episode. How was that? That shooting on, on this fool. Oh, great. I, I, you know, I worked uh, with those writers for, um, for a while before the show even started. We, yeah. We, we pitched it together and um, or they, they asked me to come along. And then in the middle in there somewhere, like, do you want to do a role? And I was like, oh, yeah. And then that role seemed to fit. So um, I had already been on set and stuff. So it was very relaxing just because I already knew everybody. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. It was great. I know you you talk about your your different characters that you've done in the past. Frankie Quinones comedy, he's done many characters that he does live on on stage yeah. as well. Uh have you gotten a chance to to see him live or have have you seen some of his Yeah, I'm very familiar with his work. And have you had him in here? We have. He um uh 
I feel bad asking that because you're like, oh, you don't watch enough of the episodes. This was this was one of the earlier okay. episodes of, of of season one, so it's been a while. Okay, but yeah, he he came in as himself. Yeah, he's and and then he came in as as a um uh cholo fit <laughs> as creeper. <laughs> he's he's just so funny all the time. When even when in between takes, he just says little things. He's really like that. Yeah. It's so crazy. <laughs> and he's amazed by everything in the room. He's very like, you know, he's just like a robot just picking things apart and just sort of uh God, he's he's great. Every word that comes out of his mouth is funny. The do I make you Randy, Randy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They those are those writers. They did a they put a good show together. When it, when they come to you to to be a part of of this full, um, what initially made you say yes? It, it, you were part of the what do you say like producing writing staff? Oh or, yeah, yeah. Um, the the producing staff. Um, it was Chris Estrada. Mm. Like it's just his comedy, and that he wasn't as well known. So if people get together and they've got a, a really well known comedian. There's no challenge, really. It's like, well, okay, there's already momentum. The fact that they liked his voice so much that they're like, we're going to build a show around him. And that it's about, um, partially about uh, rehabilitation in the prison system. Yeah. And I'm like, that's interesting to like, what is that world? Um, and for me, it's this, uh, and you might identify with this, is that like, I'm not from here originally. I live in Los Angeles, but I love Los Angeles. And I love every aspect of it. The big studios, the malls, the freeway, all of But I don't know enough about where, where Chris Estrada comes from. Right. I'm like, what is that? I've seen stuff in the movies, but I'm like, what's, what's, who really are those people? Yeah. And I was like, I want, I want to be, work on this show so I could learn more about that part of LA. Because that's really Los Angeles. Right. It's very specific. And one thing I wanted to contribute, I was like, I hope the accents are correct. Mm. There's not just general accents from all over the place, from, you know, um, whatever. It, that is not like a Puerto Rican accent. Right. Or, or, uh, nothing against that, but it, I'm sure there are Puerto Ricans here. I just mean that, like, it's, I, I was yeah, hoping it, it would sound like Los Angeles accent of course yeah like if if you're if you're shooting a film in in um in new york like right you you expect exactly boricua accents if if yes. uh you're shooting something in east la or in boyle heights yeah it's that chicano accent which is very different very different and i think that accent also informs the rest of the los angeles accent in my opinion i think that when you hear you know talking about the californians and the 405 and, you know, and the, all that I think is part is assimilated into it from all those years and decades of, you know, existing. The way the way that you break down accents like you yourself study and, and hear you have a different ear for for that. And where do you where do you think that, that comes it's from? just that my parents are American. Though they, you know, she's from Venezuela, my dad's from Germany. So that's all it is, is that like I could hear how my classmates talked and how my parents talked. So it's just that's it, just like a separation of the two. 
Because you, I mean, obviously I've heard you talk about, not talk about, I've heard you do impressions, doing different accents and doing, even you, you I saw you on on, uh, on Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Where you were breaking down different Spanish accents. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I thought as a, as a Spanish speaker myself, mm. I thought that is so dead on. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, you, you, uh, the, see, and this is what I mean by, how you break down um, accents. You start saying, oh, you know, like, um, you say uh, Brazilians, you know, they, they don't speak Spanish, but but uh, they, they speak Portuguese. And it's like they're inviting you to a party. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's like, um, uh, it's, you know, there's like a feeling of like, come on, muito bem, ótimo. Like, it's, it's, it's how in my head I can get into like, you know. Yeah. Uh, if we keep thinking like, come on, come, come to the party, then, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. then, uh, then that's just like the feeling around that. Yeah. 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 And, and it's true. Like Mexico, Venezuela, Colombian, you said Colombian, they're more laid back, right? Uh, yeah. But they're, they're, they're pretty fast though. They're, they run at a pretty fast clip and Chile and, um, there's some, there's some that I can't, uh, like I don't know Uruguay. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't know where their accent is exactly. Or Argentinian. Uh, Argentinian. Yes, but it's hard. That's a hard one because they really they changed it. They're the most different sounding country in South America, I think. Um, and then uh, Peru. I, I I'd like to know more about. You know. Yeah, yeah. If, if you if Costa you get... Rica. I mean Honduras. What is that like? I, I'd love to really get in there and break Central America down. And do you feel like you can travel to a country and just break down an accent and then sort of like start to, to, to mimic it? Only sometimes. Sometimes. Only sometimes. Sometimes I can't, I don't hear it. And so. are you studying like accents? I try not to. Like I try to like let life happen. Okay. And then all of a sudden I'll be like, hey, how come they keep saying this word or how come this is happening? But um, it's a tough one. It's like, it, this is, as pretentious as it sounds, it, I wait till it comes to me. Like, before I, because sometimes it, like, France, I could never break down different regions of France. Mm. Never. I, it all sounds like one language, one accent, Paris, you know, to me, that's what I picture. But I would never know the difference between that and Marseille something you uh I, I saw this other um combo that you had with conan and and you were breaking down like a the berlin accent versus uh, yeah 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 munich munich was it because well, because brot because they pronounce the the r's brot and like uh for bread and we're in berlin they brot in brotchen so that's all, but that's um, that's a little easier to grasp because that's like a definite like they do de definitely have very yeah. No, and I, I just I just love how you incorporate all that into into your craft, right? They say the more you know the 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 more you know the more you're worth. The more you you can um, you know just inject all these. The more the more you live, the more you are able to inject into in, into your your craft, which I, I think is great. I think it's you. That's my hope, you know. The accents that I can't do, I don't do. You know, like, <laughs> I don't know how to do a Boston accent. Kind of, but I think it's an impression of people doing Boston. So yeah, 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 yeah. I quietly just don't really do it. 
you know. Yeah. What's the the Long Island? Long Island is um, they want to stall for time. They want to slow things down so um so they can think about it. Give me a minute. I'd like to think. There's a lot of sort of consideration that they're thinking, um, and it's a little slower. That's where I grew up. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> what, what would you say is is the the biggest misconception of of Fred Armisen? Oh, I don't know. Because because that would mean that like. I need people to know something great about, whoops, great about myself. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So it's like, I think people are so generally very nice about me. Everywhere I go, whatever, if I'm at an airport, people say the nicest things to me. So um, I'm just like, it's true. People are are kind and, uh, and, you know, yeah, that, so, you know, I, I, there's nothing that I feel like, you know, I need to sort of uh, uh, redefine or anything like that. For, for I guess in your case, it would be that I could do more accents than I can really do. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know but uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I just, sometimes people walk up to, especially when I would do radio, right? Because in, in radio, I was always at 100%, just very animated, very loud, right? Yeah. And, and naturally, I'm just, I'm pretty chill. I'm a pretty chill guy. I'm introverted, right? So people would come up to me like, Mondo, what's up, man? And, you know, and, and the minute they, they, they get, got to see this, like, introverted dude, they're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, wait. you were just hyping me up just like an hour ago, you know? And yeah, uh, that, I, that would be like sort of a, a misconception based on my career, I feel. Yeah. But it's a misconception. But maybe people do know that about you, because I think I feel like people are just—I don't know—they're really connected now, and they really know the nuances. And uh, I bet people are—I'm guessing—people also are like they understand that you've got your normal side too, right? Your quieter side. And do do people maybe think that you're like, oh man, tell me a joke? Like you're, you know, Fred, you're you're fu- you got to be funny all the time. No, I think I'm enough of a weirdo. That they know that that I'm you know not like a, a, a big joke teller, so I I benefit from that. That um, like someone will just come up and start talking about music with me, and so they they right. already know you know. Um, I think maybe because I wear glasses, sometimes they think I'm, I'm more well read, <laughs> and I you know so they'll make a reference to an author, and I'm like I don't know who that is. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I wonder if how many people do that. You know, reference an author. I'm like, oh yeah, look up who that is. <laughs> oh, you've heard of yeah, of, yeah, uh, yeah Raphael Dizzy yeah, Didion. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> yeah. What would you say is is that next phase for you, Fred? That next step, that next chapter mm, for you? I want to just keep making things. Just. I love it. I love to getting to do it. Making, you know, I live very sort of month to month, meaning like if, I, you know, if a project comes up, I'll do it. Or And uh, I hope that w- what I do gets takes me to England and places I want to go to. And um, 
I like extended travel. Like I want to be somewhere for like three months. Mm. And, um, I just want to keep making things in, in new ways. And, um, but without, without it being a campaign, like without, like I gotta, I, I'm at this place in my career where like, I feel like I did plenty. Right. Like, I'm like, I made my statement. I already did the things I, I showed that I could play drums. And so I'm not in a place of like, if only people would see me do this thing, I think I'm okay. For sure. Which is, um, I it's, agree. A, it's a scary thing and it's, a, but it's a, it's a really relaxing thing where I'm, I'm good. So I don't need to, you know, wrestle with my career. When you shot Wednesday, was that in a different country? Yes, Romania. Yeah. I don't know if you know this, but Romania is part of Colombia. They annexed it in 1959. I heard, I heard about that. Yeah. 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 The, the, <laughs> so if you go there with a Colombian passport, you're good. <laughs> they don't even need to see it. They're like, don't worry about it. And you go. <laughs> we're gonna have to cut that 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 welch scene out friend <laughs> please yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> i want to i want to briefly talk about um or not briefly i mean if if you um you know go into it a little bit um i, I really appreciate it but you know the conversation that we have a lot on the show is uh, we talk about mental health. We talk about like mental and, and physical, right? Taking care of your, your, your physical health, your mental health. Um, how do you take care of, of your physical health? How do you take care of your, your mental health these days? Uh, mental health through therapy. Always helpful to like, you know, at the very least, and it might not be for everybody, but for me, it's like someone just gives you a different angle. Yeah. And you reframe it. So if... And it's usually about not understanding something. If there's something I don't understand, it's almost like a resentment. Oh, you know, why did, you know, whatever. Why did the driver take that road? I, you know, and then if someone reframes it for you, you're like, oh, that's all I needed. Yeah. Like a redefinition, you know, where someone explains the other side to something, which is great. Um, and then physically, I exercise when I can. I try to take walks. Um, I always feel like I want to do more and then I'm not one of those people who's like able to like get down there and really work out. But it's almost like I, there is a part of my brain that's like, Oh, one of these days tomorrow. And I, once in a while I'll go on a run, but like, I wish, I wish I had that like every other day I go for a run. But I, what I, I do this thing where I'm like in the meantime, I'm like, okay, today I'm not going to go for a run. I am going to take a walk though, just to do something that like, and it does really help. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure walks are also part of that taking care of your, your mental health part. Yes. In fact, my therapist did say, um, it's always good to walk and then to look at nature because mm. usually I'm not drawn to nature, but, um, she just told me to like, if you're something, your body kind of like does something when like it is out in nature yeah yeah you know i want to go on on a little deeper into you talking about uh how therapy is is just a different angle looking mm -hmm. at at things in, in a different way um for me i i do therapy every week mm -hmm. um and and it, it sort of gives me energy 
Totally. Because you're not bogged down. Yeah. With not understanding something. Yeah. It, it, it fuels me. And even on days where I'm, I'm piled up with, with things to do, I, I could take, I could do therapy for, for, for that hour. Um, and I come out like I just drank a Red Bull sometimes, you know? Yeah. And this is because something's lifted. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it gives you a break where you're struggling with an idea or a thought and therapy's kind of like to say, okay, let's talk about it. Now you don't have to struggle with it anymore. It's like a total explanation. I love that. Thank you. Thank you for, for sharing that with oh, us. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, now it is time for us to go into rapid fire. Okay. With Fred Armisen. You don't mean like there's going to be fire in here, right? There, there, there may be. <laughs> <laughs> if you guess wrong. Oh, yeah. If you get the, the answer wrong. <laughs> good luck. All right. The, the lights aren't going to change? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Favorite Spanish word? Pobrecito. <laughs> Pobrecito. Why? I feel like there's a reason why. Because my mom used to say that if we, she saw someone on the street, you know, having a hard time, ever since I was a kid, she'd say, Pobrecito. And all of a sudden, it humanized them. And it actually is like an emotional word. Yeah. Because even if you think of someone, I don't know, you've seen in the news or something like that, or whatever, a politician, but sometimes, whatever it is, or someone in the street. But if you go like, pobrecito, you're like, ah, oh, they're just a person. Yeah. And, you know, um, so it's, it's just a powerful word. And it's, it also connects me with my mom. So I'm like, oh, she's, she's a person of empathy. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. going to say is, it's a very empathetic word. Yeah. Pobrecito, pobrecito. It's like, oh, poor, poor person, but not like in a, like a, financial way right no it's, it's, and, and it's not diminishing them it's right. sort of like you know poor thing yeah in, in portuguese it's coitado coitadinho pobrecito i love that uh, favorite piece of tech that you use uh i think the ipad is pretty great yeah i think the ipad during the pandemic i was able to uh do videos and uh, you know play drums for these recordings and I like that you can, you know, watch a movie on there. And I think I'm still pro iPad. I feel like uh, not just because it's there, but I do feel like it's a good I use it in my stand up. So uh, I do like it. I got to say. Best singer of all time. Corin Tucker from Sleater Kinney. Amazing. Best song to play. At a party, at a gathering. Uh, do you mean to, as a record or uh, to play? Ooh, both. Uh, best. Uh, okay, so at a gathering, I Would Die For You by Prince. Something about that rhythm kind of, it's, it's not so much of a dance song that's like, hey, let's all dance. It's a little bit like, oh, there's a little bit of rhythm, but there's some intellect and spiritualism to it. So you're a little bit like, Oh, I would die for you. Ooh, you know, like it catches your ear, but you're not lost in dancing. Yeah. And it's a feel um, good song. It's a total feel good yeah. song. Uh to play at a party. Oh, why did I even offer that up? I don't know. <laughs> oh, because 
what am I really saying? Like, when do I ever even do that? Hey, everybody. <laughs> I know you're having fun, but shut up. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, retract that one. <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. <laughs> Judges. Can yeah, we do that? Yeah. 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 Thank right. you. Thank you. We're retracting. Oh, you guys are eating? Be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> and listen to this. Yeah. Listen to this. Me. <laughs> what's a what's a nickname of yours that no one really knows about oh i think people do know Ferricito. I, I, I i'll tell you one freddie so the diminutive of fred mm -hmm. not a lot of people call me that but there was a stage manager at snl jenna or was her is her name and and my mom called me freddie and my sister my sister called me freddie so that's a very like it catches my ear in a very different way. I love that. Freddie. Yeah. yeah. Um, Fred, can you, uh, speaking of, of Prince, uh, I heard you have a great Prince impression. Mm -hmm. There it is. Thank <laughs> you so much, everyone, for coming today. <laughs> thank you. Fred, thank you so much for, for coming today. I really appreciate um, it. My pleasure. This was great. This is a great show. Thank you. And uh, it was a lot of fun, really. And... I tried my best. I tried my best not to do uh, repetitive answers. You were amazing. Thank you. What grade does he get, Fred? He's an A. It's hey. an A. You know, when we would get Fs, we were into it. We were like, Fred. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's right. We got it. My name is Armando, so. Oh, A's all the way. And I was like, yeah, you know. I was a teacher's pet Aww. to get that to get that A all the time. But no, Fred, I, I really appreciate you coming. Um, you know, your story is, is amazing. And, you know, I, I, I was we we're talking here with the team and, you know, I know you're a very modest, humble person. Oh, but, you know, you, you we 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 feel that you're a, a, a legend in, in your craft, a, a comedic genius. Um, and and it's a pleasure and honor to That's have you. That's very nice of you. Let's do a sound check for out, right? Do we do one at the end? Two, two, two. Check. <laughs> no. See, sí, hola. <laughs> now we got to do the whole interview in Spanish. Then. <laughs> then vamos a hacer. He said, let's do a sound check for out. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine we had to do that. <laughs> it's like, oh, I, I can't hear you. Why? We, we Why actually, do we have to do this? We actually got none of that. Yeah. <laughs> no, but Fred, thank you so much. Thanks. And thank you so much for watching Mondo and Friends presented by Verizon.